and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. What a week it's been. Hey, that, who, was, who was blown away by Kim Jong-un and President Trump standing next to each other? trying to end the Korean War after 65-some years. Amazing. I, I, don't know, I don't know what to think. Hey, but, man, if, 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 there's, if there's an opportunity for peace between North and South Korea, then uh, come on, God, we just praise the Lord. World Cup soccer started this week. Australia was robbed by a terrible referee decision last night against France. Sorry, Dominique. But the French robbed us of a draw, basically. But for me, it was even it, the, the biggest thing for this week for me was I had to preach at youth last last week. And uh, you think that ending the Korean War is hard, but g- preaching to sixty-five people between twelve and seventeen—that is daunting. And uh, anyone want to swap me for that job? No, it's a it's a rough deal, and. Uh, you know, it, it, there's some things in life that that caused me to uh, that caused me to uh, experience nerves, and that was that's one of the big ones. And uh, you know, and the first thing they do is when I get there, they get me up on stage and they say, "Oh, I invite the past invite the pastor to come up to play a game." And the game is an air guitar battle against one of their children. And at that point, you know, everything in you wants to run home. And uh, obviously, if, you, if you've got any form of, um, you know, interweb experience, you could probably find the footage of that somewhere. Let's not do it this morning, whoever's on media. Uh, but here's the thing. God wants you to connect with humanity on his behalf. What are you going to do? Are you going to dance or are you going to run? And I'm always telling our, our, you know, our, our music team and our singers, you know, to, to, to you know, Show the, show the church with your body, you know, what's going on in your heart. As in, you know, do we love the Lord? Are we, you know, we're, when we're worshipping, we're celebrating. And, and my whole, you know, leadership career flashed before my eyes as they asked me to play air guitar against, this, against Connor. And, and I thought, okay, so if you don't do this, you have no right to speak to anyone about dancing ever again. You know what I mean? Anyway, obviously I... Uh, destroyed the poor young man who was who was battling against me, with some moves that will uh, that will blow your mind. And uh, bizarrely, they took they. Ma- I was playing to Back in Black by Akadaka, which you know when I was a child was called Against Christ Devil's Children was what that stood for when I was in church. And they're playing it in youth now, so I don't know what's happened, but I don't know what Christians are allowing to happen over there. But lucky I was there to present the gospel. Anyway. And then I, you know, then I get up there and I've got to connect with these kids. And Jaden Potter and I, you know, we spent the day trying to um, create a message for these young people. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if Jaden got to hear it or not, but I hope I honoured what we discovered during that day. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we were talking about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, you know, when, when he went to build the wall, the people had, you know, they had a trowel in one hand. On one hand, they were building the wall. And on the other hand, they, were, they had a sword and they, had, they, were, they were prepared to fight. And I thought, how are we going to do this? So I said, who is the toughest, strongest young man or young woman in the youth? 
and uh, they told me it was Shiloh Leak. And uh, so I said, all right, somebody, who thinks Shiloh Leak can beat me in an arm wrestle? And I said, all right, someone get a table and two chairs, let's get them on stage. And uh, I start this arm wrestle with Shiloh Leak. And I said, look, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a battle to fight, but there's also a relationship to build. So there was another young man I invited over. So I'm arm wrestling Shiloh with one hand and I'm in a conversation trying to get to know this young man at the same time as I'm having this battle. Because what are we trying to build? We're trying to build relationships and connection at the same time as fight the lies and the accusations of the enemy. You don't, get to do, you don't get to do one and then do the other. We've always got to be doing both. And sometimes you're fighting something, but then while you're fighting it, you don't have any energy to build relationship. That's why we need to be leaning into the Holy Spirit for his, for his guidance. So that, you know, and, I'm, and I'm battling with one hand, or I'm getting to know this other young man, and la da 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 And then all of a sudden I go, hang on a second, mate. And I beat, you know, obviously destroyed him like there was no tomorrow. So I thought this morning... I might repeat that with the strongest person in this church. Just kidding. All right. That's not going to happen because I, uh, I see the good officer Richards over there who would just crush me into, uh, into oblivion with, with his eyes closed. And uh, we can't have me losing those battles, obviously. You know, the, 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 the battle that we face in life for, for community and family is one of the toughest battles. And one of the things that we've got to do is we've actually got to get over ourselves first. You've got to get over your own intimidation. You've got to get over your own pride, your own fear, your own lack, so that you can actually step into the fray. Hey, and then, you know, then you get to dance. Then you get to, then you get to be in the battle. But a lot of times, we, we're not even in the battle because we haven't got over ourselves first. And, you know, I, you know, I had to get over myself just to get into the battle. And this morning, I'd like to look at uh, how Israel managed this, you know, and I don't know, you, you know, you've heard the Chronicles of Narnia, we've heard of this book, we're talking about the Chronicles of Israel this morning, so if you turn to Second Chronicles chapter 14. Now, is, we all know Israel, Israel uh, is made up of, of, of the tribes from the sons of, of Jacob, who was renamed Israel, and this became the nation at some point. Uh, nation, uh, the, the Israelites were, were uh, divided into Israel and Judah. So we had these two nations, both part of the same family, but we had these two nations. And, um, you know, in Second Chronicles 14, you know, we, we, Judah and Israel, they parted ways. Um, and we joined the story at the time of King Asa. Now, King Asa, you know, he, it says he did, in, in chapter 14, it says he did good, in the eyes of the Lord. He removed all the false idols, you know, and he commanded that, that, the, that the, um, the people from Judah would, uh, would uh, follow the Lord and seek the Lord of their forefathers. And uh, so he, he did remove all those, all those, all those um, the idols, people were worshipping all these foreign gods and he got rid of all those and, uh, and then he, he refocused everyone back on, on their Lord and Saviour. And he ended up with a 300,000 strong army which is pretty impressive, and, uh, and they had peace for a while. And then they came under the attack of the nation of Ethiopia, and Ethiopia had one a million men in their army. One million men in their army. And, and so you know when you've got 300,000 and they've got one million, you know, you're, you're pretty well cooked 
before it happens. Pretty, like Shiloh was battling me, he was pretty well cooked before he got on the stage. So what did King Asa do? This is godly man. He's, he's, did, he's been doing good in the eyes of the Lord. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11, he calls on God and he says this. He says, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. What a prayer. And then Ethiopia is defeated and flees. What a king, eh? What a leader. What an amazing, what an amazing uh, man, God, who was positioned, you know, in, in that nation, in the nation of Judah at that time to lead them to the things of God. And then in chapter 15, verse 2, God sends Azariah, the son of Obed, who's, a, who's one of the prophets, and to King Asa. And in verse 2, he says this, he says, The Lord is with you while you're with him. So he's saying, don't just, don't just uh, celebrate the victories. Look, remember this. He says, the Lord is with you while you're with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. In verse 8 of chapter 15, it says, And when Asa heard these words, he did another clean out of all the idols of the land and restored the altar of the Lord. Who knows that we drift a little bit sometimes. And we need, you know, I say to, I say to our team, church is not meant to be the centre of your world. It's where we go to get our world centred. You see, sometimes we drift in life. We get distracted by what's going on in life. And, and, so, and when we gather, the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Why? Because when we gather with the saints, we get centred. Hey, we, we get centred. We, we don't come to church. We don't, we don't want this place to be the centre of your world. We want it to be the place where your world gets centred on God. And when you go, you go centred on Him, re-energise. And, and, you know, the, the, the prophet... The prophet goes, comes to King Asa and says, hey, make sure that you realign yourself with God. You know, I think when the, when the church becomes the centre of our world, we end up becoming judges of the church services instead of seekers of peace and realigners of the, with the King of all kings. You know, I say to our team, we also do church services. We also do church services. So when, when Asa heard these words, he did the clean out, and then all the people gathered together at Jerusalem and they entered into a covenant, verse 12, to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. An amazing thing to do as a whole nation come together and make a covenant to seek the Lord God. This was the 15th year of Asa's reign. And there, for the next two decades, for the next 20 years, there was no war in Judah. They, had no, they, had no, they weren't battling anyone for the next 20 years. This, this king is just too good to be true, isn't he? What an amazing leader. We need leaders like that today who, who, who keep bringing people, who keep reminding us to get focused on God, to centre our lives and to, to refocus on the journey. And then, and then after 20 years, let's see what happened next. Verse 16. In the 30, chapter 16, verse, verse 1. In the 36th year... Of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel. Remember, Israel, these are, they're another nation, they're another nation now, but they're still part of the same family. They're still all related back to Jacob. Basha, the king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah. This is a city right next door to, to, to Judah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, the king of Judah. 
He built us, his brothers, his, his, the, 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 the nation down the road who were, who were part of the same family came and built a city right next door to Judah so that no one could get in or get out. So what did Asa do? Did he call on God like he did when the Ethiopians were coming? Unfortunately, no. It says this, And Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father, Abijah, who did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And see, I have sent you silver and gold. Come break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. How's this? After fighting the Ethiopians, which we will call the world today, Ethiopians represent the world. After fighting the world, Judah under King Asa made a covenant to seek God and to worship God. After fighting with Israel, their brothers and sisters, they make a treaty with Syria, the world. After fighting the world, they make a covenant before God. After fighting their brother and sister, they make a treaty with the world. Isn't that interesting? You see, we always think it's the world that's going to disrupt us, but a lot of times it's, it's, the, it's our family that causes more pain to us and causes us more angst and causes us to walk away from God than the world does. We think it's about sin and unbelief. It's actually about... It's about the fight to build the community of the saints, the communion of the saints. That's why we come together and take communion, the common union, because when we, when we get caught in the squabbles with our family, we get disrupted from the thing that is our common union, which is the cross, which is our righteousness in him. Verse 4, so Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Ejon, Dan, Abel, Maim, and the storage cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Basha heard it. He stopped building Ramah, ceased his work. And then King Asa took all Judah, and they carried away the stones and the timber of Ramah, which Basha had used for building, and went with them. He built Geba and Mizpah, two more cities. And then a seer, a prophet named Hanani, comes to Asa, the king of Judah, and says this to him. Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped your hand. And the prophet reminds him of Ethiopia. He says, were the Ethiopians and the Lobum not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hands. And this is that famous verse we quote, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison. For he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some people at that time. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. He seeked physicians. And then Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. Wow. For 36 years of the reign of Asa, 
he did good in the eyes of the law. For 36 years, there was no, there was, when there, he, he, he sought the Lord, he made covenant before the Lord with the people and they, and they, and they worshipped him, they got rid of, they, they kept going through and clearing out idols 36 years and for the last five years, because he got disrupted by his own family, war came, sickness came, death came. Wow. See, the thing that disrupts our worlds the most is the thing that we're not ready for. It's, it's sitting right next to us. It's, you know, it's, what, it's, it's something that, that comes from within. It's, it's something in your own heart, in your own family, in your own church that disrupts you. And God's saying, will you seek me? And will you learn from, from, these, from the nation of Israel that the things that disrupted them were more internal than external? And where did they go? Where did they go in the fight against their brother? They went to the world to fight against their brother. We use worldly tactics to fight our internal battles. What an amazing lesson to learn. You know, God's looking for loyal hearts who call on him in strength and in weakness no matter what. I want to suggest to you that we learn well from King Asa. There's much good to learn from him, isn't there? There's much good to learn from this king who, who, who came in and did good in the eyes of the Lord. He came and he, and he went through everything and he said, let's get rid of anything that takes our eyes off the Lord. Let's get rid of those high places that, that, we, that we keep focusing on, that keep distracting us from the king of all kings. Let's restore the temple. Let's, let's, keep, let's go back, to, let's go back to, to the church service and, and get centred back on God. Let's not, let's, let's not create these things in our lives. Let's not allow anything to get in. And then when the enemy comes, let's call on the Almighty God. Let's seek Him. Let's seek His redemption. Let's seek His salvation. You know, when, you know, I, I wanna, when I've got my 300 against, uh, against their 1 million, you know, I, I, I need the Lord. But when it's me against my brother... It's hard to seek the Lord in a battle against your own brother. If your two children are fighting and one of them comes to you and wants you to help them defeat the other, what are you going to do? Why do we go to the world? Because our battle's with our own family. You know, the Lord is not going to help you win. He's going to help bring unity back to the brethren. The Lord is looking for unity amongst the brethren. He's not looking for you to win against your brother. It's easy when the battle, you know, I, I look at our political parties in our nation and I go, most, most people are united in what they're against, not in what they're for. I look at the, at, I look at the, the, um, the constitution and the values of our political parties now and I, and I believe the people that are in those parties get distracted by what they're fighting against. They've got this common uni of beating the other side and what happens internally, they end up killing each other. God wants us to be fighting for the right thing. He wants us to be fighting for our common union. He wants us to stand and worship the king of all kings. He wants, you know, we, we, when, when our, our brother Calvin Crombie was here, our, that Jewish historian came and you know, we were having lunch with him. He, talked, he, he reminded us of, you know, before they would take communion, they would have a, a period in their, in their services called the making of the peace. And before you acknowledged your covenant with God, you made sure that there was nothing between you and your brother or your sister. We make the peace because when I'm in covenant with God, I'm also in covenant with you. 
The Bible says, how can you say you love God if you hate your brother? It doesn't work. We need to make the peace with each other. And, and nothing calls us more the call on God than making peace with our brother because no one can hurt you like your own brother. Why? Because they know you. They know your heart. They know your wound. They know how to press your wound. When someone attacks you, what do you, what is your, ten, and you know them well, you know that you can push a number of different buttons that can cause them grief immediately. When it's the world, it's a nice, clear enemy. Let's all gather and fight sickness and unbelief and, and, and lies and all these sorts of things. But when it's our brother, we can't call on God. We know that God's not going to get on our side against our own brother. He's going to say, I'm going to give you two weapons, forgiveness and repentance, the great weapons of the kingdom of God. If you're going to fire something at someone, why don't you fire repentance in their direction? And if that doesn't work, why don't you fire forgiveness in their direction and just see what happens. See when the saints come together in unity. You know, watch what happens when the church becomes one, when we're no longer fighting the church down the road, we're, we're resourcing the church down the road. We're not trying, to, we're not trying to, to get in a battle with each other, we're trying to work together. You know, there, were, as there was a point in history where there was one church. There was one denomination. Now there are 30,000 denominations. Who do we listen to? Who do we, who does, when the government wants to know what the church has got to say, who do they go? There's 30,000 different groups of the church to go and speak to. I think we've, we've, we've been caught fighting so much against our brother, we've forgotten that the real battle is out there. The Bible says the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your brother and sister. It's against principalities and powers. There's a bigger fight going on and we need to refocus. We need to make the peace with our brothers and sisters. We need to make the peace with those who who, who we are of the same blood. We're of the same blood of everyone who took communion all around the world this morning. We're of the same blood of all those people like like the Grand Matthias, Elder Matthias said to us this morning who have been baptised. Guess what? All All that disagreement has passed away. Behold... There is a new foundation, and that foundation is the righteousness of Christ. Not you're right and I'm wrong, but we are righteous in Christ. This is the God we serve. It's time we got into the real battle church. It's time we learnt from King Asa. We don't, you know, isn't it amazing how, you know, we love the story of redemption. We love new love. We love salvation. We love a healing. We love a deliverance. We love when a town gets set free. We love all that. We love that story, you know, that, and, and that's where Hollywood stops. When the guy gets the girl, when the, when the war ends. But here's the question of the church today. What happens next in the story? Once you've received your miracle, once you've received grace afresh, once you've received your salvation, how will you maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace? How will you go about that? How will you fight for the unity of the saints? How will you, how will you go about building unity by being, and being at battle with the enemy at the same time? We always have a battle to fight. Sometimes we just get distracted by fighting a battle that's not ours. I get so distracted fighting battles with my family that I forget there's a roaring lion outside feeding me with lies and accusations at the same time. The problem is, he's smart. He doesn't feed the lies and accusations about me. He says, look at that guy next to you. He's no good. Hey, look at that crazy guy over there. He's no good. She's no good. 
He accuses the person next to you and uses me to do it. Have you ever accused someone? Have you ever accused someone? No, here's the battle that we face as a church. What did Christ do? He laid his life down. And he said these amazing words. He said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. Have you noticed that you've got more grace for people who are unsaved than for people who are saved? Anyone a bit like that? Why is that? We expect more of our family, don't we? We expect more of, our, of, our, of, our, of the people who are, who, are, who are in our community. And we, you know, we judge them harshly because you know, when they look bad, I look bad. So, you know, step your game up, people. You know what I mean? I need it. If I'm going to be one of the most famous preachers around the world, I need a church that actually looks good. Sharpen yourselves up, church. I'm looking at what you guys are wearing today. And look, I, you know, come on. Straighten yourselves out because you're making me look bad. Are we going to play that game? Or are we going to be real? Are we going to play the game that, that ends, us, ends up with internal fighting? Or are we going to play the game that says, let's come together around what unites us? Because there is, there is one great thing that unites us and a million things that we can let divide us. When we take communion, when we come together, wow, that's when God does business through his people. 36 years of following God and then his own family causes him for look, to look for alliances away from God. And what does that do? Leaves him with five years, sickness, war and eventually his own death. Wow. How could he let this happen? How could I let this happen? Everything's going so well. How did I lose my way? You ever notice you're going well in life, you're giving your life to God, things are going well, and then, and then bizarrely, all of a sudden, you seem to have lost your way a little bit. We lose our way. And then what do we do when we're losing our way? We make alliances with the things of the world. We make alliances with things that they don't respect you. They don't, the, 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 the things that we make alliances with outside of God, they, they don't respect us of you, but they'll make an alliance with you. Yeah, sure, we'll make an alliance with you. Why not? But we're going to destroy you as well. You, it won't look, the world loves me. Of course they love, they love you because they're going to consume you and destroy you at the same time. It's easy to follow and trust God when there's a million coming towards you, isn't there? But what about the battle when there's one brother in front of you who's poking your wound do you call on God then? Or you de- declare battle with that person? Consider Jesus. How is this? The Roman soldiers, they placed some twine filled with thorns on the head of Jesus and they, and they press it down, causing his head to bleed. And then they kneel before him, mocking him. All hail, king of the Jews. They spit in his face, they hit him, they pluck his beard. And he says nothing. It's crazy because when you hear that, you go, well, it's normal for people who don't know Jesus to mock him. It's normal for him to be mocked by his enemies. But it's more painful when Jesus is mocked by his own people. You know, my heart breaks when my words mock Jesus. They mock Jesus when I make my battle against my brother instead of against principalities and powers. We mock him by unforgiveness 
by not believing the truth contained in these amazing scriptures. Imagine, church, if the world knew us by our love for one another. Can you imagine it? Gee, they have great church services up there at Noosa Church, Noosa.church. No.com. Don't have to do www anymore. Noosa. You know what? We also do websites. We also do church services. But we have a picture of a future where we are known by our love for one another. This is the church that our eldership leads. We need to learn how to love one another. We need to learn how to confront one another in love. We need to learn how to embrace what Asa didn't embrace when his brothers from, from his brother nation and sister nation came and caused them grief. Those two great weapons of the kingdom, let's embrace them. Forgiveness, repentance. Let's keep Sunday special. Not because it's a time of service. Let's keep Sunday special so that we can get centred. Let's take communion and let's remember. You know, we, take, we don't take communion by ourselves. We take it together because it's a reminder of what unites us. Christ's sacrifice unites us. Is that the church you want to be part of? Come on. Let's look to make peace with our family. By calling on God. I've rewritten Asa's call on God and for us. I'm saying, Lord, it is nothing for you to help me. O oh, Lord my God, for I rest on you and in your name I go against this offence, O oh, Lord. You are my God. Do not let my broken heart prevail against your peace. What causes me to go into battle with you is when you break my heart. When you hurt my heart. When you offend me. So my prayer when I call out on the Lord is, Lord, don't allow my heart, my broken heart, to cause me to go into battle with my brother or sister. I call on you because, you know, you are, nothing is too big for you, Lord. In you, all things can happen. Nothing is impossible, but without him, without God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get into a battle with your brother or your sister. How's it going to finish, church? How do we pass on the map? The, the mantle to the next generation? What's the platform the next generation is going to learn from this church? Are they going to learn how to have the greatest church services in the world? Or are they going to learn how to love one another? Focused on that one uniting factor. We don't love each other because we agree with each other. We love one another because Christ first loved us. What do we want to leave behind, church? And what needs to die in us? before the next generation takes it on. What do you want to leave behind and what do you want to end in your generation? Ask yourself that, the question this morning. Why don't you stand with me? I love that King Asa, he brought all of Jerusalem together, all of, all of Judah together in Jerusalem and they made a covenant before God to seek the living God, to worship the one true God. It didn't end well for Asa, but it can end well for us if we choose to keep our eyes fixed on him, to choose to not make church the centre of our world, but come to church to get our world centred. 
to make the peace with our brother and sister before we acknowledge our covenant with the Almighty God. Father, we come before you this morning and we seek you afresh. We seek to, to, to see our covenant with you and with our brothers and sisters restored, Father. Lord, we ask that those weapons of, of, unfor- of forgiveness and, and repentance would be reestablished in our, in our toolkit. Lord. We want to use them. We want to embrace them, Lord. Lord, we ask, Father, of you this morning that you would give us the capacity to forgive and to repent and to rebuild and to love our neighbor and to love our brother and our sister, Lord. We don't want to be known for our services. We want to be known for our love for one another because we know that's how they will see you. Strengthen us, Lord. Strengthen us. Give us the courage to make a stand for this community, Lord. Not for this community of people, but for this communion of the saints that come together. Lord, as we're baptized, Lord, as we take communion, Lord, we remember, Father, that amazing sacrifice. We remember that our righteousness is in you alone. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. Why, Lord? Because you are most worthy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.